in the fourth year of King Yoyakam's rule, 18 years before the Khurban, the destruction of the Holy Temple, God tells Yirmiyahu Hanavi, Jeremiah the prophet, to write the book of Echa. Yirmiyahu Hanavi, Jeremiah the prophet, at that time is incarcerated. And so, as the word of God comes to him, he dictates to his faithful disciple and prophet, Baruch ben Nadia, word for word, in this new scroll of the Megillah of Echa. This story, by the way, is found in Jeremiah chapter 36. The very first time, Yirmiyahu only gives three chapters, the first, the second, and the fourth. And he tells Baruch ben Nadia he should go and read this publicly in the Beis HaMikdash on fast days to inspire the people to do tshuva. Finally, word gets to the king that uh, Baruch is reading this scroll, and they bring the scroll to the king, and they read it before Yoyakim the king that the temple is going to be destroyed. Yoyakim takes the scroll and he rips it up and he throws it into the fire. After that fire and the destruction of the first three chapters of the book of Echa, God comes to Yirmiyahu Hanavi and says again to him, you are to rewrite it a second time, and now you are to add more chapters, make it into five chapters. And so he adds chapter 3 and chapter 5. And again he rewrites the book of Echa. If you read the book of Echa, it sounds like post facto, after the destruction of the Holy Temple. But really, in essence, it was written 18 years before the Temple was destroyed. And in the book of Echa, you find there are three letters throughout the five chapters that are small letters, in contrast to the other letters that are average-sized letters. And the first of these three is the Lamit. It's found in chapter 1, verse number 12. Yirmiyahu Hanavi says, May it not befall you, says Jeremiah the prophet, all who pass this road, behold and see if there is any pain like my pain which befell me, which Hashem, God, has afflicted me on this day of his wrath. So the word loy, which means may it not befall you, has a small lament. And the question is, why is the Lamed of Loi small? Number two is, who is Yemiyo Hanavi speaking about? Who is he saying, may it not befall you on this day, all who pass this road? And thirdly, the word Loi, which means not, normally is spelled with two letters, Lamed and Aleph, to mean no. However, here, the word Lo, is spelled with three letters, Lamid, Vav, and Aleph. The question is, why is it spelled this way here in the book of Eicha? First and foremost, we need to understand who is Yirmiyahu Hanavi, who is Jeremiah the prophet. What made Yirmiyahu different and unique to all the other prophets? There are two basic differences and unique qualities that we find 
that Yirmiyahu Navi had that even Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, the father of all prophets, did not have. The first unique quality that we find in Yirmiyahu Navi was, as it says in Jeremiah chapter 1, it says, God tells Yirmiyahu Navi, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. Before you left the womb, I sanctified you. In other words, Yirmiyahu Navi was already a prophet, or was already sanctified in the womb of his mother. This is something that even Moshe Rabbeinu did not have. Number two, we find the terminology to Yirmiyahu Navi that we don't find even by Moses. And that is, God tells Yirmiyahu Navi, Navi lagoyim nisaticha. I am making you a prophet for all the nations of the world. In other words, in addition to being a prophet for the Jewish people, you are also Navi Lagoyim, a prophet to the nations. And these two concepts, perhaps, are really mutually symbiotic. In other words, the fact that he had the power to be not only a Navi, a prophet to the Jewish people, but also a prophet to the Goyim, to the nations of the world, is because of the fact that he was given the additional blessing and the additional energy by becoming a prophet in the womb of his mother. And this, the Rebbe says, is found and hinted in the name of Yemiyahu. In the name of Yemiyahu, we find the letters Reish Mem, which means Ram. Ram means exalted. That he was exalted over all the other prophets in these two qualities. We also find the letters Memresh, which means Mar. Mar means bitter. Jeremiah the prophet was the one who spoke about the bitter end of the Jewish people, about the destruction of the first holy temple. However, from this Mar, from these two letters of Mar, which is bitterness, we have the ability to transform this bitterness into Ram, into exaltness. For every descent is for a greater ascent. And therefore, Jeremiah the prophet is read on this day, on the day of Tisha B'Av, starting with the Eicha, as we enter into Tisha B'Av, and then in the morning again we read Eicha, and the Haftorah for the reading of the Torah, on the morning of Tisha B'Av is again from Yirmiyahu, Jeremiah the prophet, to tell us that all difficulties and all sadness needs to be elevated to the greatest level of redemption. So based on this, that Yirmiyah Anavi was not only a prophet for the Jews, but also a prophet for the nations of the world, we can return now to the first Pasuk that we mentioned in chapter 1 of Eicha, of Loya Lechem Derech. Why is the Lamid small? And why is there an additional Vav in this word? And to whom is Yirmiyah Anavi really speaking? If you look in the Palge Mayim, a commentary on the book of Echa, he says that really Yemiyahu Hanavi is speaking to the nations of the world. And he says to them, may it not be for you the pain which has befell me. So he's talking to the Goyim, to the nations of the world. And what is he telling them? What is his message to them? His message to them is that they too have an obligation. They too have a responsibility. And they were created for a purpose. And that is they too 
have a mission of following the laws that God gave to them. As the Rambam tells us in chapter 8 of the laws of kings, that Moshe Rabbeinu was commanded on Sinai to tell the nations of the world their seven Noahide laws. So we see over here the Aleph and the Vav, which is large in the word, or which is normal size in this word loy, Aleph equals one, and Vav equals six. So you have now the six plus one, which is seven, the seven laws of Noah. Now the Lamed is small. Why is the Lamed small? So Rabbi Avram Bik in his Sefer Yisrael Ayol Mayid mentions an interesting concept. And he says that in the Gemara of Chulin, Sadiq Beis Amar Aleph, page 92, side 1, it says that even though God gave the nation seven laws, the nations of the world accepted upon themselves 30 laws in addition to the seven. And in Sefer Asar Amari, she brings down the other laws, for example, Peru Ruvu, to be fruitful and to multiply, counts as two. Number one is Peru, to be fruitful, number two is to multiply. Number three, he says, is last week Torah, that the nations of the world accepted upon themselves the obligation to study Torah. Even though they don't have to study all 613 mitzvahs, and perhaps are prohibited to study a lot of the Torah, but they are obligated to study the Torah that deals with these seven Noahide laws. So therefore, he says that the Lamed is small, because the gematria of Lamed is 30, but these are the 30 that they accepted upon themselves. So the Aleph and the Vav, which are larger, represent the seven Noahide laws given by God to the nations of the world. And the Lamed represents the 30, which are smaller, because they accepted upon themselves these 30. And these are the two concepts that Yumiyo Anavi is telling them that you too are not allowed to violate the road. You may not break these laws, but you too have to follow these laws. If not, you too will suffer the consequences. It's interesting that the, the Gemara tells us in Sanhedrin, Nuntes Amar Aleph, page 59, side A, as follows, Shafilu Akum, V'oisik B'toyra, Harihu K'koyin Gadol. Says the Gemara that a non-Jew, a Noachai that studies Torah, he is considered as great and as important as a Kohen Gadol, as a high priest that enters into the Holy of Holies once a year on the day of Yom Kippur. That is the power of Torah, and that is the level that a non-Jew is able to reach by the fact that he too or she too will study the Torah. And that is the connection with the letter Lamid, because we know that every letter has a graphic design, a numerical computation, and a meaning. So the gematria, the numerical computation of Lamid is 30. These are the 30 mitzvahs that they accepted upon themselves. Lamid, however, means to learn. Lilmod or lilamed. Lamid means to learn and to teach. That the nations of the world also have to learn. And they also have to teach these seven Noachide laws and the Torah of the seven Noachide laws to others. And the, the Rebbe in a talk on the last day of Pesach, Tavshim Emhei, says that there are really three levels when it comes to the nations of the world. There's the level of mitzvah, 
the level of halacha and the level of Torah. The first and foremost, the nations of the world have to know the seven Noahide laws. And by knowing these seven Noahide laws, says the Rebbe, this will refine their limbs, the limbs of the nations of the world. By learning the halachos, the laws connected to these seven mitzvos, in other words, there are seven basic mitzvos, but there are many laws and details to the mitzvah. So by learning the laws and details to the mitzvah, this will refine their moach, their brain, as one of the limbs of their body. So by learning the laws, this will refine their brains, the physical brains. Number three, by studying Torah, in other words, the sake of Torah, because Torah is God's wisdom, not only to know what to do, but simply to be familiar with the intellectual knowledge of God, this will sharpen the seichel, the intellect of the nations of the world. So this is the gift that they are given by God, and this is the responsibility that they have to accept upon themselves. And this is hinted in the letter Lamid that Jeremiah the prophet tells the nations of the world. And this is also hinted to us that we, just like Moses and his generation, every Jew has the obligation and responsibility to inspire the nations of the world to study the Torah and to follow these Noahide laws. As the Ramam says that when Mashiach will come, that the entire preoccupation of the world will be to know God. In other words, not only Jews, but also non-Jews, their preoccupation will be to know God. To know God means to study the Torah of God and to be familiar with God and God's concepts. But as a rabbi told me a few days ago, what's the incentive? Why should I do it? Everything has to have an incentive. If you want to motivate people, you have to give them an incentive. So the incentive to motivate the nations of the world is that when we inspire them to follow these seven Noahide laws. When we inspire them to study the laws of these seven laws, when we inspire them to study the Torah of these laws, not only will they be blessed, but they will also help the Jewish people. They will support the Jewish people materially and spiritually and help us prepare the world for redemption. There's a story in the Gemara and Zavachim that says that a rabbi and Amrita, one of the rabbis and the sages of the Talmud, once came to the king of Persia. And once the king of Persia was talking to him, he saw that his gaitel, his belt, was a little high up. And the king went over to him and pushed down the gaitel to the proper place. And he said, you are mamleches koyhanim, you are a kingdom of priests, the goy kodesh and the holy people. In other words, I have to help you because you are God's chosen people. And that was a time of intense exile. Surely now when we live in a free country and we are at the footsteps of the redemption that the nations of the world will truly help the Jewish people. So the incentive is that by helping them, they will help us. And we see this today in the news that there are many, many non-Jews that are helping the land of Israel and help the Jewish people. And therefore we too have to inspire them to grow in their knowledge and in their Torah study. So this is the gematria of Lamid, this is the graphic, this is the meaning of Lamid, 
And now we move on to the graphic design of Lamed. One of the ways that we look at a Lamed, that the Lamed is like a Vav on top of a Chaf. So you have a straight line, which is a Vav, and beneath it is a Chaf. That's the way you write a Lamed. The Chaf, we know, equals 20. 20 is Asara, Asara, Akaf, says the Torah. 10 and 10 is the Chaf. So therefore you have 10 and 10. 10 represents the 10 Sefirot, or the, sen, the 10 attributes that every human being has. So you have 10 attributes of a Jew, which primarily is 3 intellectual and 7 emotional. And then you have 10 attributes of a non-Jew. When a Jew connects with a non-Jew to inspire them to follow these seven laws, and by the way, the, the objective is that the non-Jews themselves should continue to inspire their brothers and sisters. So what happens is you have the Vav. The Vav means Hamshacha. The Vav means to come down. It's like a hook or a shoot that comes down from a higher level to a lower level. So when two people, a Jew and a non-Jew, are being inspired to study God's Torah, we bring down the Shekhinah, we bring down the Divine Presence into the world. Also the Vav alludes to the Torah. Because if you look at the Sefer Torah, you will see that every column of the Sefer Torah starts with the letter Vav, besides six. The Kashimoy, besides those six, all the other columns of the Torah start with the Vav. And similarly, of all the 53 parashiyot of the Torah, all the parashiyot of the Torah start with a Vav besides ten. So Vav is very connected with the Torah. Because Vav is really the connection between man and God. How does man connect with God? It's through the Torah. For God says, I put my essence into the Torah. So if you want to grasp me, the only way you can truly grasp me is through the study of Torah. So the Lamed represents bringing God down into the world through the study of Torah by uniting with the Ben Noach, the Noachide, and teaching him these laws of the Torah. So this is the approach of the Palgimayim that Jeremiah the prophet is talking to the nations of the world. But we also have the approach of Rashi and of the other commentaries that Jeremiah is talking to the remnants of Israel that have remained after the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. And to them he says, Lo so how do we understand this? And what is the message of Jeremiah to the rest of the Jewish people? Jeremiah now encourages the Jewish people to return to God. And therefore he says, Loi. Loi, Lamid, Vav, Aleph. The Tzemach Tzedek explains that if you have the word Lo, not, with a Vav and an Aleph, you can read it as two words, Lo and Lo. Lo with a vav means to you. Love with an aleph means not. That's a basic Hebrew. And therefore, in other words, lo with a vav, lo to you, would represent the positive commandments that you must do. Lo with an aleph represents don't. Don't do the negative commandments. So now Yemiyah Navi tells them, lo yalechem, may it not be for you, all those who violate the path, 
And therefore, my pain that befalls me should not befall you. Rather, what should you do? You should embrace the Torah. Embrace what? All 248 positive commandments, lo to you that you should do. And lo, do not violate the 365 negative commandments. Now these 613 commandments, which are 248 positive and 365 negative, come from the original Aseret HaDibrot, the Ten Commandments that God gave us on Sinai. So if you read out the word lo, which is Lamid, Vav, and Aleph, it really equals the number ten, the Ten Commandments. How do you get Ten Commandments? Aleph is one, Vav is six, that's seven. Now the Lamed here is small. So a normal size Lamed is 30. A small Lamed, you drop the zero, becomes three. So you have three, six, and one, you have 10. So you start off by telling them again, first, low. Make sure you follow the 10 basic commandments. And then, let's break it up into low and low. There are positive commandments, there are negative commandments, there's 613. But as Herman Woke once said, that the Rebbe told him in America, you cannot tell Jews anything, but you can teach them everything. So really it's about knowledge. The more we learn, the more we understand, the more we want to do. So Yermiyah Navi goes back to tell them, as he mentioned in the prophet Jeremiah, why was the land of Israel forsaken? Because we have forsaken God's Torah. So we have to start to learn the Torah again. And therefore the Lamid, in addition to having the gematria of a small three, the Lamid also represents to learn. Little mode. That once again we have to encourage one another and strengthen one another with the study of Torah. It's very important that every day we study Torah, in the morning and at night. And it's important that we have chavrusas, that we have study partners. And therefore, if we can't get together in the shul or the yeshiva, we can call one another on the phone or go on Skype. But this way, by having another partner, one encourages the other. If it's five after ten and you didn't call me yet, I'll call you. Or if you don't call me, I'll call you, etc., etc. We'll go back and forth. And therefore we encourage each other. And then when we learn, we try to understand it. And I say one approach, take another approach, and finally we come to an understanding and a realization of what the Torah is trying to teach us. So the second concept is to learn Torah and to take upon ourselves on this day of Tisha B'Av a resolution to learn more Torah perhaps five minutes a day or an additional five minutes a day, but by doing so we are, we are rebuilding our temple. And then again, what kind of Torah should we learn in particular? Well, for sure we have to learn the practical halachas, of what to do when you get up in the morning, how you wash your hands, and what blessings you make before you eat, and the midst of putting on tefillin, the laws of prayer, the laws of grace after meal, these are basic things, the laws of Shabbos, the laws of the holidays. These are the first things that we have to learn. To be able to, to live as a Jew, we have to know how to act as a Jew. But primarily, in this generation, every generation has its gateway, its pathway, and its, its raison d'etre, its special teaching.
And the Rebbe said that our generation, at this time, we have to also begin to learn the laws of Inyone Mashiach Ugaula, the laws of, of Mashiach and redemption. Simply to understand what is going to unfold be very, before our very eyes. By understanding these things, number one, this encourages us to, to yearn for it more. And number two, when it begins to unfold, we'll understand what's happening. Just like Jeremiah wrote Echa 18 years before the destruction, so we would know what would befall us in the destruction, so too, in a good way, we have to learn the laws of Mashiach, the laws of Geula, what will befall us in the redemption, so that we will truly understand and appreciate what is going to happen. So we spoke about the meaning of Lamed, which is Lamed to learn. We spoke about the gematria of the small Lamed, which is three. And now to speak about the graphic design of the Lamed and how it relates to the Jewish people. And as we said earlier, the Lamed is a Vav and a Chaf. When two Jews, which is 10 and 10, get together and they learn, we are told that there are two godly souls over one animal soul. And therefore, when two people get together, you have the ability to overcome certain temptations or certain difficulties that normally you could not overcome on your own. And the question is, why is it two godly souls over one animal soul? Technically, each one of us possess a godly soul and we possess an animal soul. So why do we say when two Jews get together, there are two godly souls over one animal soul? And the answer is, very simply, that your godly soul is altruistic. It's godly. And therefore, it wants to do the right thing. When it meets another person, it wants to inspire that person. It cares about the other person. It wants to help the other person. But your animal soul is very narcissistic. It only cares about you. It doesn't want the other guy to sin or enjoy the ice cream. It wants to enjoy the ice cream. So when you have two godly souls, when two people get together, you have now two godly souls working to help each other. The animal soul is not caring about your animal soul. His animal soul doesn't care about my animal soul. And therefore we are separate. So you really have two against one and two against one. And therefore you're able to overcome all of these difficulties and hardships and challenges by simply picking up the phone or talking to a friend and using these 20 spiritual powers together to overcome that problem. So that is the letter Chaf, which is 20, which is 10 and 10. And therefore when two Jews get together, we have the ability to draw down the Shekhinah, to draw down God. The Vav represents, as we said earlier, a shoot to go from a higher world to a lower world. We bring the Shekhinah down from above to below. The Shekhinah is also made up of 10. There are 10 spiritual attributes. So now, by the Vav, you bring down God's 10 attributes. You have 10 and 10 and 10. That equals again 30, which is the original gematria of the letter Lamed. So our job is to transform the small Lamed of Echa, which is the, uh, the Lamed of exile, and to make that Lamed a large Lamed by bringing God into everything that we do. A similar concept is the word L'chaim. 
Jews get together at a Kiddush Shabbos. Each one has a little vodka or scotch in their cup. They say l'chaim. Why l'chaim? So we're told that l'chaim has lechem, lamid chesmem, and there are two yuds in between. So when two yuds, two yids, two Jews get together, the two yids, then you have lechem, you have bread. We could bless one another with bread with material sustenance and spiritual sustenance. Because again, you have 20 against 10. You have two godly souls against one animal soul. So therefore you have l'chaim. And primarily, the lamid not only stands for limud, for learning, but lamid also stands for l'or goyim. Isaiah, in chapter 42, verse number 6, tells us, that we, the Jewish people, are a light unto the nations of the world. How do we have that power to be a light unto the nations of the world? Through Jeremiah. He was called a Navi Lagoyim. He was called a prophet to the nations of the world. He created that channel that we as Jews can communicate to the nations of the world. So we are also Lord Goyim. We are now a light unto the nations of the world. Now it's interesting, it doesn't say we are teachers to the nations of the world. It doesn't say we are mentors to the nations of the world. It doesn't say we are rulers to the nations of the world. It says we are a light, or goyim. And this brings us back to what we said earlier, that the word or, light, is synonymous with the study of Torah. As it says in Mishle, in the book of Proverbs, the Torah or, a Torah of light. Our job is to be a light unto the nations of the world, because we have to inspire them not only to be good people to follow the seven Noahide laws, but more than that, that they too should embrace the study of Torah as well. A story is told that when the temple was being destroyed, so Plato, the famous Greek philosopher, came together with Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, to destroy the temple. And as he sees what's happening, he meets Jeremiah the prophet standing on the side. And Jeremiah was given a special protection by the king not to be harmed. And therefore he was able to be there and see what was taking place. And Jeremiah, you can imagine, was, was truly, truly crying the destruction of the temple. And Plato, the famous philosopher, walks over to Yemiyo, Anavi, Jeremiah, and he asks him two basic questions. He says, number one, Jeremiah, why do you cry so much? You're one of the greatest prophets of Israel. You're one of the greatest sages of Israel. Why are you crying over a building of stone and wood? Why? Why do you cry? And number two, why do you cry over the past? Why do you cry over spilled milk? The temple was already destroyed. So why do you cry? Yemiyo Anavi turned to Plato and said, you know, Plato, you must have many, many questions. He says, yes, I do. I do have many questions. And he pulls out a list and he starts to rattle off all those questions he has 
And one by one, Yumiyo Anavi answers each question very succinctly, very clearly, without any trouble. And Plato is flabbergasted. He's blown away. He cannot believe his wow. Such intellect I've never witnessed in my life. How do you get so smart? How do you have all the answers to all of these deepest questions of creation and the cosmos and the philosophy of the universe? And so he turns to Plato and he says, you know, all of this wisdom that I have shared with you, I have derived from the stones and the wood of this temple. Now you know why I cry. But to answer your second question of why I cry over the past, why I cry over spilled milk, why I cry over the temple that was already destroyed, this I cannot answer you, for you will never understand. Many scholars have attempted to answer this question. Perhaps we can say that Jeremiah the prophet was telling Plato as follows. You are a man of nature. You believe in physics. You believe in reality. You believe in phenomena. You believe in the here and now. But as a Jew, we believe in something which is beyond time and space. We believe in the concept of tshuva. Tshuva means to return. Tshuva means that we can change the past. Retroactively, our actions, our tears, our good resolutions now can not only change the present into the future, but we can also change the future into the past. And so I am crying because I am crying tears of tshuva. I'm asking God to transform the past into the future. I'm asking God to bring this khurban into a greater redemption, that the first holy temple and the second holy temple should be returned into the third holy temple. And all of the tears and all of the pain and all of the suffering should be corrected and transformed into Ram, into the most exalted of all. That these three weeks should be transformed into days of joy and happiness and that the day of, ninth of, of Tisha B'Av should be the greatest of all holidays with the coming of Mashiach, with the rebuilding of the Third Holy Temple. Amen.